Well, thank you so much for being here, Teresa. It is truly an honor to be able to chat with you. Um, so I just have a few questions that my audience has and that I would like to also know. Um, so for me, the first question is, how did you become a part of this metaphysical world? What drew you in, so to speak? Mm, that is such a great question. You know, I grew up in a household that was very superstitious, uh, very religious. My mother, I mean, my family is very Catholic, but also uh, my mother was very psychic. My grandmother was psychic. So I grew up in an atmosphere, you know, right off the bat where anything around superstition or intuition was never seen as a weird thing. So that kind of primed the pump for me to turn to this type of work. And really what ended up happening for me is when I was a teenager, you know, I was trying to figure out who am I? I think most teenagers are doing that. And I had the good fortune of being a friend with a girl who had an astrologer for a mother. And her mother did my chart and I remember being blown away. I'm like, oh my God, this is the answer to everything I need to know. So I began studying astrology, uh, even though I'm known as a tarot lady, I started with astrology. And it was on one of those outings where we went to the mall and I went into the bookstore looking for some astrology books. And that's when I found a, found a tarot deck. And, you know, I was completely curious. I had seen tarot decks in movies. I had seen them in the National Enquirer, stuff like that. So I took that home and just fell in love with it. And, you know, that's really how my intro has. But again, with the household I grew up in, it wasn't a shock that I got into metaphysical things. And also my parents really didn't do anything about it. They weren't like, oh my God, what are you getting into? They just kind of like, let me do what I was doing with that. So I also had no hindrances. I had, you know, nobody trying to stop it or nobody putting an attitude on it. And that also allowed me to really explore things with a real openness. So I think I was fortunate that I had that environment and also having a friend whose mother just happened to be an astrologer. I, you know, I really think that some of the people that we meet when we're younger are our potential parents. Sometimes like we, we may have chosen for them to be our parents. We have our other mothers and our second mothers, and they really do bring in this aspect of our lives that almost it, it changes our trajectory in such a way that it empowers us. Yes. I love that. I do too. And it was so interesting too, with my girlfriend's mother, um, you know, she had these astrology books and I, I searched high and low to try to find those books because those were the ones that she learned. And when she, before she passed on, she had cancer. I came to visit her and she said, here, I want you to have this book. And so I ended up with her astrology books and uh, it's only one book. Uh, well, there's a, one other little weird thing, but I don't ever use it, but I ended up wrapping it in plastic because it's falling apart and it's got uh, some of her notes on it. It's one of my most cherished possessions. possessions. Yes. Oh, I love that so much. Oh, that is so, so special. Uh, that really, that's so perfect. And that's so funny that, well, it's not even funny. It's really kismet that you say you were raised in, you know, a kind of a religious household, but there were these aspects of superstition and supernatural kind of psychic things that just, 
you know, they were just part of life. That's how, that's how the, the older people in my family were too. My grandmother, my great grandmother, Mm -hmm. they had these, you know, we just thought of them as old wives tales, but they were really like psychic, ancestral, intuitive practices that were passed down. Um, and Diana and I just had an episode where we talked about how, how you can kind of approach tarot if you have been raised in a space that's very religious or kind of indoctrinated and you, you feel like tarot may be a little taboo for you. So coming from your Catholic background and having that, I was raised very Jehovah's Witness, but when I decided to leave the church, my mother was very uh, supportive in me finding what my spiritual and metaphysical journey was. So I feel very lucky in that aspect as well. What would you say to someone who has possibly a similar background, but wants to start with the tarot? What would you, what would you say to them? Well, I, I've got a lot of different thoughts about that. And one thing I want to quickly preface this by saying is by the time I was four years old, I knew I was going to leave the church. I knew at that age that this is not for me. I, I'm not into group think. I'm a very, very individualistic thinker. So that was also in the back of my head, you know, that this is not going to be it. I, and I remember, you know, stating that as soon as I'm 18, I'm going to stop going to church. And I made good on that promise because it just wasn't for me. And my parents were very, very disappointed because they're very religious and, you know, and it's like, listen, I I have no problem with your religion. It's just that it's not for me. And I think when people who come from a very religious background, uh, especially one that has maybe looked at metaphysical things as weird or, you know, negative or whatnot, I think they should go into it gently. I really Mm -hmm. think that is the best way to say it maybe start with an oracle deck instead of a tarot deck if that makes you feel more comfortable i would also say to take some time to look around and find a deck that really feels um like it's going to be easy and friendly to work with uh you know you want to ease into it you don't want to just like right away say okay i'm just going to dive right in unless you tend to be that type of personality (laughs) but you know a lot of people when they when they have like some an upbringing where they've been taught like a certain thing is a negative, you got to take a deep breath and you got to go into it as gently as possible. I would also recommend finding a teacher, a teacher that you trust, somebody that you know is going to respect where you're coming from so they can really answer some of the questions that you have about it. Um, You know, sometimes what I found really helped people who were scared back in the day when I, you know, would read for the public, I would just explain to them that, listen, this is just 78 cards. It's our intuition, which you have as well. We're working together to really figure out the story of where you are and where you're going so that you can maybe rewrite the story if you don't like where it's heading. And that seemed to really put people's minds at ease because that really is the way I view tarot and astrology i never look at it like fatalistic i don't look at it as negative to me they're just tools they're tools to help you to really figure yourself out so -hmm. that you can live your best life and i think when people approach it like that you know first of all they're going to find it does it is very helpful it takes a lot of the fear out of it and Mm. then they're looking at it like this has nothing to do with religion or beliefs it just is a tool like anything that you use 
in order to start moving yourself in the right direction. I mean, really, you can even say prayer is a tool. And we can look right. at it like that. It is another tool. And that's something a lot of religious people use. Meditation is a tool. They're all leading you to the same place, trying right. to figure yourself out so you can become a good human living a good life. That's really what it is. Right. And, and we have these tools, like you said, four years old, you knew. So I really, I really believe that when we listen to ourselves as children and we go back to those things that were really, you know, we had signals, we had like our intuition was telling us when we were very young, uh, but societally and, you know, through our parents, we're trained to either not listen to that or kind of quiet it down or just be like, no, that's not what it is. So for for anyone that's maybe listening that has uh, that is doing inner child work or has children of their own that they want to make sure that they're being open to what came to me when you said this as you were just talking is you're really being able to receive when you yes. use these tools you are tapping into this infinite possibility of all the information that's out there for you that would just be overloaded if you were just like, okay, I'm open, let's do this. <laughs> yes, I don't recommend that, not no. at all. When we say gently, we mean gently. <laughs> yes, and you know, what you said about children, Maggie, is so profound. I mean, oh my God, I, again, I'm lucky. Intuition was honored in our family because it was a survival mechanism. You know, my parents were eighth grade educated, my grandparents also. So for them, navigating the world meant you've got to, you've got to trust your instincts. Right. And I think for a lot of people, you know, that that's very true. But so many of us will tell kids, this is your imagination. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, that doesn't mean anything. And listen, kids are super intuitive. Mm -hmm. Because why? Because again, they don't have that lived experience or the wisdom. So it's that inner wisdom, they have to figure things out. And that's why we always want to teach children, you got to honor your feelings. And it all starts with so many simple things. I mean, you know, like with my kids, it's like, if they don't want to hug somebody, I wasn't going to be like, Oh, my God, yeah, you go hug your uncle. Exactly. Like, they're getting a weird feeling. Let me let right. me let me tell them to honor this, let them go with that. And you know, I'm not just teaching them boundaries, but to really respect their intuition. I don't need to question why they're feeling that way. They're feeling that way. Let's let your child um, honor their instincts instead of pushing them into doing things that, that aren't they don't right for them. To, yeah, right, right. starts right there. My mother, I, I was adopted, but my adopted mother is the one that raised me and really gave me the tools to be in my own spiritual practice. But one of the things that she said to me that really stuck out to me, even when I had my own children was the, the younger the child is, the closer they are to spirit. Mm. So the older you get, the farther you get away from spirit, because you're, you know, these things happen, you get these experiences and they pull you farther away. But if you're not listening to that intuition or you're having someone tell you, you don't have an imaginary friend, that's just your imagination. Like, no, maybe they're actually seeing a spirit. Maybe they are, you know, their guide is already showing themselves to them because they need them at that point in time. Uh, so I understand that you have, is it a deck or is it a book mm -hmm. that is tarot for kids? Yep. Uh, actually, I collaborated with an amazing artist named Kaylee Whitman. 
to produce a deck nice. called Tarot for our Kids. And it is a children's friendly deck, but really, you know, it's also for the inner child uh, or for anybody who is looking to work with tarot in a way that, again, also the deck, um, it's it's true to the Rider Waite Smith deck, but we changed a few things to make it kid friendly. But even adults really love the deck because there's a sweetness and a softness about the deck um, that, you know, just really, really lends to good, helpful readings. And I got to say too, you know, my kids grew up around tarot and astrology and I never pushed any of it on them. I'm just like, you know, if you're into it, you're into it. I'm always right. one of those people. I'm not here to convert anybody. If right. you're not into, you know, if you're not into tarot, I'm not going to like force this. Just like, please don't force me to watch a football game. I'm not into <laughs> it. You know, no conversion here. But with my kids, they were always around it. So what's interesting is they absorbed it because tarot and astrology are very much like, you know, languages. Mm -hmm. And my daughter's very fluent in both. My son is, is fluent, but he's not as involved. But what's what I remember so often back in the day wishing there was a deck that was more for them. I mean, I've got some mm -hmm. cat decks and all of that. Right. But kids need to see themselves in the deck. They need to be able to tell the story of their lives. And tarot for kids allows that. And the other thing with tarot for kids, which is very different than like the Rider Waite Smith deck, the deck is representation. So every mm -hmm. child can find themselves in that deck. And that is also important. So children, again, they can find themselves, they can find their friends in the deck, they can see the story of their life unfolding. And I just think it's so empowering for children, not just to connect with their intuition, but to be able to tell their story. So that's really the whole thing behind tarot for kids. I. I absolutely love that. And I remember being a child and loving things that had my name in them because you yes. felt a sense of connection. So knowing that there is a tarot deck that children can actually look at and be like, oh, wow, that looks like me or, oh, that, you know, that looks like my friend. That in itself is so empowering for them. It's beautiful. Yes. It's so beautiful and it's so needed. I oh my God. Yes. Believe the Listen, generation those adult decks needed too. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> they absolutely do. Uh, one of the things that I was taught that I really truly uh, took in was that um, the generate, like our generation, our children are more spiritually advanced than us and their children will be more spiritually advanced than them. So it is vital for us to listen to them. Yes. And I, I mean, you can't see me right now, but I am nodding my head because let me tell you something. I mean, I grew up in a rural area. I'm almost 60 years old, you know, so I'm getting into my senior citizen status here and things were very, very different when I grew up and where I grew up. And my children have had a completely different experience. And I just remember my kids. I mean, I'm just so proud of my children because they're so loving and pure hearted and they're very tolerant and understanding. They have so much compassion. And, you know, I love that. And I'm like, gosh, these kids nowadays, listen, when people are talking about the world going to hell in a handbasket, like, wait a minute, have you seen? Have, have you seen, seen the millennials? These kids? Have you seen Generation Z? Have, have you seen them? <laughs> They're they cleaning are... the ocean. 
they're clean. They're making technologies that are literally saving the planet. So I, I, I definitely agree. Like, like how you said, you don't put a lot of fear and negativity into astrology or, or tarot. I very much am the same way. Like, yes, the world may look bleak and damaged and bad, but there is hope. And that hope is our future generations and the generations that are alive right now. You know what, Maggie, when a, a lot of times people will come and they're like, oh, the world is so terrible. I'm like, the world has always been like this because humans <laughs> do know? terrible things. I mean, exactly. remember back in the Crusades, they were putting heads on sticks. I right. say this all the time. The Inquisition, the Holocaust, you know, slavery, there, there were horrible, horrible things mm-hmm. always happening. Mm-hmm. Humans do terrible things. And there are things that are changing but progress takes a long time and the younger generations are the ones who make that progress happen because you know and i'm not trying to rip on people my age group or older but you get set in your ways and you think the the good old days were such this and that but they weren't so great right they weren't great at all so when i see these young people doing things like cleaning the ocean like you know standing up and fighting for like labor unions and demanding you know better pay demand i'm like yes please keep on speaking up because you're making the world better and you know i i just have so much hope for the future because i just think this young generation is the bee's knees i'm into that i I definitely (laughs) agree i absolutely agree uh I'm a big fan of Dr. Joe Dispenza, and he talks about how most of the patterns and programs that we run by the time we're 35 years old are all from somebody else. Yes, and I agree. We don't really realize it. We don't pay attention to it. But I like anybody that's younger than 35, I'm like, and older than 35, you have the ability to change the program. It's just like you're a computer because we are bio computers. If you've been, you know, using a Windows for 35 years and then you try to jump over to a Mac and run a new program, just like if you're coming out of religious indoctrination and you're trying to step foot into the metaphysical realm, it's not easy. You have to take Mm -hmm. it slow. You got to read the manual. (laughs) You got to do all these things. So I I like to say it really, when you said, take it gently, that really does hit the nail on the head of how, you know, if you want something to change in your life, you want to be, you know, you want to focus more on your intuition. It's just a gentle, a gentle journey into that. Absolutely. And I love the computer analogy. And one thing I've learned about computers, if you want to learn computers and you are an older person, ask a younger person. (laughs) We're going right back to that younger generation. But, you know, I mean, as an elder, I love sharing my wisdom and my experience and I've got a lot to share. And I always think like, you know, my wisdom and my experiences can prevent young people from going through some of the things I went through. But also I can listen to what they have to say because you know what, I'm getting another perspective here. And so if we can come together as elders and the younger generation, imagine what can happen if if the elders listen and the young ones also listen and they share their knowledge without anybody judging anybody for, you know, oh, you're too old or oh, you're too young. I just think so much more can get done. So much more. I agree. (laughs) I absolutely agree. So that actually really leads into the, like the great last question. Can you, so it's almost like it's, you know, faded. (laughs) So 
can you tell us a little bit about this new book? I know you just got back from your book tour and doing some book signings. So can you tell us a little bit about Twist of Fate? Yeah, thanks for asking. So Twist Your Fate Manifest Success with Astrology and Tarot. Uh, it's kind of like the way I read. I, I work with both and fluent in both languages. And it's really applied tarot and applied astrology, which means I'm teaching tools so that people can kind of figure out, okay, what's my purpose here? And if I have a so-called bad chart, what do I do with that? And how can I navigate my life in a way that's going to lead me towards the future and the success that I want on my terms. So it's really all about, you know, using tarot and astrology again in an empowering way so that you can move towards a better set of circumstances. And by the way, the one thing I always like to remind people, there's no such thing as a bad chart or a good chart. It's what you do with it that matters. And we also have to remember when it comes to fate and free will, there are some things in life that feel like, yeah, this is probably fate. You know, why am I you know, why did I run into this person, et cetera, et cetera. But there are also things that we can change. I mean, I grew up in a family, my parents are both gone, no shade, but there was a lot of abuse and I broke the wheel. None of that happened with my children because I broke the wheel. There was a choice. Right. I know I can choose differently. And the other thing I also have to remind people who think that, oh, you just manifested by, you can manifest your future by affirmations and all that. Listen, that stuff can help you. Tarot and astrology can help you. But also there are some people who are in situations that are very difficult. It isn't quite that simple. Um, there are people who are dealing with poverty. They're dealing maybe with disability. They're dealing with also really heavy things. And sometimes what they need is to be able to figure out how to get the help they need so they can find comfort and success in their lives too. So I'm a realist. I'm like, yes. okay, here's your tools. Let's change things, but also be realistic and don't assume, for example, we'll use a, a goofy one. Don't assume that if I'm sitting around wishing for Jason Momoa, it's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to take some effort and work on my part. You yes. know, you have and to believe it. <laughs> <laughs> you have to believe it. And then also I'm going to have to do the work to figure out how to meet this guy. I mean, so there's a lot that goes into creating your ideal future, but it all starts with knowing yourself. And that's what Twist Your Fate is all about, knowing yourself embracing your strengths and looking at your quote unquote air quotes here as your flaws as an also possible superpower and then just figuring out how to navigate this thing called life in a way that's going to again make sense for you but is going to be about awareness the more aware of who you are the more aware of your skills your limitations the energy around you your goals and all of that the more likely you are going to be creating a life you love. Oh, that is so perfect. Oh, that is great. I think that that's exactly what we need to end on. That is the perfect message to take your time, really listen and be aware, be aware of what your actual reality is to be able to use your current situation to receive new information to to live the human experience the way that it's supposed to be lived we came here to to have fun it's supposed to be fun mm -hmm. like, this is a world of opportunity and possibility and in you know uh, unlimited things that you can do that you can change and you really do like the power of our brains 
and the power that we have intuitively from this, this higher thing really can just change and shift so much for you or even just, you know, you can literally start today, just start to be aware. I, I like to say, be aware of the things that you say every day that might be negative, like, oh, I can't stand this or, oh, I don't like that. And just write that down. If you say it more than twice a day, write it down and become aware of not only how you speak to the people around you, but how you're talking to yourself. I agree a million percent because our words do have power. Our thoughts have power. Our actions have power. Mm-hmm. How we treat other people also has power. And one thing I would like to say, you know, I'm really about that self-awareness, but I'm also about being really conscious of other people and how we impact them and Mm -hmm. how they impact us, because that can also do a lot to change things for the better. Right, right. The goal, treat people how you want to be. I like to say even better than treat people how you want to be treated, treat people the way that you would want your child or your mother to be treated. Oof. I love that. (laughs) I love that. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. So where can everybody find you, support you, buy the books, buy the decks, and really just kind of immerse themselves into the tarot lady? Well, thank you for asking. Uh, First of all, (laughs) my website is thetarolady.com. You can always find me there. Um, That's where all my information is. And uh, you can get the books anywhere books are sold, online or off. I always encourage people to please reach out to your libraries, reach out to your independent bookstores, your independent metaphysical shops, let them know that you want the book in the store. That way we can support our locals. That's really important, but you can get them online or off. Uh, I also have a Patreon account and at the Patreon, at Patreon, you'll find me as the tarot lady. And that's where I do all my teaching. So if you want to learn all about tarot and astrology, or even how to run a successful metaphysical business, I do all that teaching over there and I'm on social media. I'm on Instagram as the tarot lady. I'm on Facebook as the tarot lady. I'm also on Twitter as the tarot lady and Twitter is my favorite. That is, I love Twitter. Oh my God. (laughs) That is my absolute favorite of all of them. So I'm on TikTok too, but I really don't do anything there. I think it's the Tarot Lady official over there. I just, uh, that's just not my audience, but um, Twitter's my favorite place. So you can always find me there. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Teresa. It has been such a pleasure to chat with you and have this wonderful episode. And I will be looking forward to seeing more of your tweets because that's how we connected. And I absolutely love Twitter as well. It's the best. Thank you so much for having me, Maggie. I deeply appreciate our time together. Absolutely. I hope you have a great rest of your day. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.